Welcome back to the Press On Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Jeff. And we're here in the studio. We're going to go ahead and record another episode. We really just want to get back in the swing of things. So here we are. And uh, as usual, we're not quite sure what we're going to talk about whenever we hit record. I mean, we, we have ideas in our minds, and these are things that we're constantly thinking about. I think that's kind of the point, Jeffrey, is that we want to we want to show people that you can be in a spiritual state of mind all throughout your day. And that you can have spiritual conversations. You don't you don't necessarily have to prepare a Bible study to walk up to someone and to talk about spiritual things with them. And you don't have to use a Bible study or Wednesday night or Sunday ni- or Sunday morning or Sunday night as an excuse to talk to your fellow brethren about spiritual matters. I mean, these are the things you can talk about each and every day. And these are the kind of things that we need to be talking about. Uh, and so we, we hope that for us and for everyone, it's just a natural state of mind that we just think of spiritual things that we can we can kind of gauge these conversations. Um, so we're we're kind of we've thought a lot of, uh, lately about, and we've been wanting to do an episode lately uh, about social media and about politics. And I think we could do both in one because I feel like they're both intertwined at this point. Uh, and what I mean by that is that most discourse on social media does kind of does kind of center around politics uh, and most arguments on Facebook kind of center around politics. And so maybe we can discuss a little bit about how a Christian should use social media in general and then how a Christian should relate to politics and therefore how should we talk about politics in a public forum like like Facebook or, or, or whatever social media platform um, you're using. Uh, so preliminary thoughts, Jeffrey. Jeffrey's swaying over there, and it's it's semi distracting, but it's like I don't know what is I don't know what you're doing over there. It's my thinking tick. Okay, so what are you thinking? My first thought is, oh man, there's there are multiple thoughts coming. I'm very excited. There is only one absolute truth mm-hmm. that has no party. Ooh. Thought number one. Okay. Thought number two, social media can, and in my experience, has been a very encouraging platform uh, for spiritual things. Wow, this is doing a very different course than I thought it would. Is there a but? But there's dangers for both of those things. There it is. You know it was coming. I knew it was. Um, I thought you were going to lead off with, because with, uh, I know me and you have had private conversations about how terrible Facebook is mm-hmm. and about how you like to limit your use of it. Yeah, so for any of those of, uh, of you who follow me, like, so I'm going to get on a personal discourse here for a second. Do it. I'm just not that big into sending happy birthday things on Facebook. Mm-hmm. To me, it just comes off as impersonal, and I'm just like, I just, I've just never really big been really big into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so do not send Jeffrey a happy birthday post on yeah. Facebook. R- really, really, it's c- kind of the opposite of that. Like, please don't be offended if I didn't send you a Facebook thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really don't get on Facebook mo- uh, very much to post things unless I post things that I know can be uplifting. And, and they're not always uplifting. Like, I realize I'm just a person in... You know, there's been times I'm like, wow, I think I worded this really well. Like, let's see what happens. And like four people looked at it. I'm like, okay, like, you know, whatever. But sometimes that's how I feel about this podcast. Yeah, you know, it could be the case, but 
if, if, if it's only four, we'll still do it. That's so, right. But long story short, I, I don't really post a lot of things on Facebook, but but I'm still very active. I still look at a lot of things. There's a lot of very great resources on Facebook. A lot of great things happening in New York City, Manhattan, Brooklyn, all these things. There's a lot of great guys in San Francisco. They've got some Facebook stuff that goes on. Uh, and, and I find that stuff very helpful to me mm-hmm. to see that kind of stuff on there. And so, and, and so social media has that place where it can be very, very helpful. But it, it's, it's like all things. We must set our minds that that's the purpose for what we do in everything. I think we, we made a comment in an earlier episode about um, how this really the sole function of social media, at least the way that 99% of people use it, is to magnify themselves or to glorify themselves. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you post pictures of it yourself. You talk about your day and your experiences. And that, that's not to say we can never talk about ourselves. Paul spoke of himself quite a bit, but only as a lens through which to talk about Christ. Can we talk about how Paul talked about himself? Wow, that was a weird sentence. No, I, 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 I like this track. I want to hear it. Because Paul talks about himself never in the positive. Hmm. Whenever he writes about the things, uh, about who he is, like uh, if anybody of the apostles had something, and I'm just going to use regular terms here, if he had something to brag about himself. He was probably the most qualified out of any of the he, apostles he from an earthly standpoint. He was, he was the one who had the education, yet he, mm. he distinguishes himself as one who was not an eloquent speaker. I'm sitting there thinking, Paul. Everybody knows you were probably the best speaker of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you talk about yourself like that? You know, uh, those those thoughts just kind of run through my head. But like the way he describes himself in not his successes, but rather what he failed at, yeah, and, and what helped him through that, which is the grace and the mercy of God. The only thing he brags about is the fact that he's been beaten more than other people for Christ. Yeah, Second Corinthians like nine through twelve. Go read it. Mm-hmm. The only thing he boasts in is his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a powerful thought, especially, like you said, as if, if we take that and apply that to to our social social media presence. Which in, is in only our, s- our best selves, I, is I, that I know, what right? we yeah, portray. Yeah. Like, I, like, I kind of make fun of the high schoolers all the time because they, <laughs> they draw the Snapchat and the Facebook and yeah. stuff. I was like, man, y'all can take, quit taking selfies for you five know, seconds. But can, can I make a sidebar? And uh, This is probably going to offend a lot of the mothers out there. But what kind of a nation or a generation of narcissists are we raising that we validate everything a child does with a picture or a video? That's just a personal thing of mine. Like if we if we if we we're basically unconsciously telling them that everything that they do is super important and magnificent and deserves to be recorded and broadcast to the world. That's just a personal thing with me. Um, but I want to I want to key in on on one aspect of what you were talking about, which is how you know. We talked about how Paul talks about himself and portrays himself. How do we think of and talk about ourselves? How do we portray ourselves to others? And what does that say about what we truly value and and how we truly think of ourselves and by extension God? I mean, because we alluded to the fact that Paul often boasts in his weaknesses and we in this current social media age often want to portray only our best selves on social media. And I think there's there's a lesson there about maybe we need to be more vulnerable, uh, especially as Christians to each other. James tells us to confess our sins to each other. W- when's the last time some a, a brother in Christ or, or sister in Christ 
has confessed a sin to you, has come to you and said, I, I really struggle with, with this particular sin and I and I need and I need your help with it. Or when's the last time that, that any and, and this is something that I th- I think about a lot and I really need to improve upon. You know, we, we record these kind of spiritual conversations, but when when's the last time apart from talking about Bible Bible study or or church, when's the last time we've had a spiritual conversation with someone just in our normal everyday life with no with no prompting from from either Sunday services or Wednesday Bible study or this podcast or the third what when have we had those kind of conversation those kind of candid upfront raw personal conversations where we've been vulnerable and we've exposed our sins to someone how often do we just keep those things to ourselves and and violate the very clear command command to be transparent about the struggles we have mm-hmm. I mean that's a that's a thought that troubles me a lot and I think it's 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 something that's needed in the church is that transparency. Yeah, and, and I tell you what it's going to take is us to uh, more and more to try to strive for that unity, which kind of goes to show you that God knew what he was talking about when he designed uh, his people to gather together. Mm-hmm. Part of that purpose is to not just, oh, i got to make sure Billy Bob's over there in the front pew, and i got to make sure... Oh, Edna's back there. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why where I pulled those names from. That was really weird. That's okay. And, Ed, I, Ed, all, and I picked all really old names. Yeah, that's okay. Well, that's strange. Well, I I think maybe we 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 think of the church in in, in a certain demographic, um, probably because a lot of a lot of young people are, are maybe leaving the church, and so we just kind of think of our fellow brothers and sisters only as as older people. I know, actually thought. actually what happened was I went with Billy Bob I'm like, "Oh, that sounded way too silly. Let me find something more serious." And some for some reason Edna was the first <laughs> thing that popped into my head. Uh, that's all um, right. I know some good people named Edna. I really don't know anybody named Edna, but oh. I'm sure I'm sure they're good people. Yeah. But I kind of where I was going with that was God designed his people to be able to see each other and to join together in worship so that we're connected in that act of worship, yes, but also when we think about God, we think about each other. Like when we think about worship, when we think about what God requires in my life, we don't just think of it as like, oh, I'm out on this island. We think about those people that were able to gather together that we see struggling and fighting through their temptations. We see struggling and fighting to be faithful, even though life throws things at them that uh, it's, it's so much to bear for them. And so we've become so hyper private in our culture. And by that, I mean, and, and it's kind of a dichotomy because we, a, a lot of us air our dirty laundry on social media, which is a whole other issue in and of itself. But when it comes to actually connecting to people, we kind of just want to be left alone. Like we want, uh, and, and what I think it really is, and I, might, and I may posit this as a question, just so I'm not coming across as assuming too much. But do you think that we don't confess our sins to each other and we're not as open with each other because we don't want to face whatever discipline might have to come about or whatever changes? Because like, if, if, if we just internalize something and there's no visible physical ramifications of our sin that we can keep on sinning um, and it not, not affect our lives, and so are we afraid to, to confess our sins and to make them known because then that means we'd have to actually change something about ourselves and if we didn't then we'd have to be have to go through whatever discipline is is necessary to change that sin I think that's a, a deep layer on the onion of uh, confession and, and and things like that um, I think on a much more superficial level maybe on the outer skin of of this very deep and I, I consider this a very deep issue just because it does involve 
other people trying to help us with things, but also it, it, it involves us confronting our wrongdoings. Mm-hmm. Um, but a big part of it for me and, and, and for what I've seen and what I've heard from others and just and just witnessed in the world is that we live in such a hypersensitive, everything is offensive age. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not meant as any offense to anybody. Um, the fact that again, we have to have that qualifier is a pretty good testament as to the signs of the times. And, also, and, 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 I, and I mean, I mean, no, no, no wrong at anyone, but uh, our culture, and, and I think it is derived through a lot of young people because a lot of young people have grown up in some kind of religious organization, whether it be the church, whether that be you, you have it, whatever it is. They grow up in these things, and they don't want any of the personal responsibility. They don't want any of the, the – they accept the religious culture, but then, like, when they get to college, like, there's college culture, and the college culture changes the religious culture. And so the product of all those things combined is it's really not right for anyone to tell me who I am. Like, God is the only one who can judge. And and you, you take teachings that people would admit in their younger years, and the product – by the time they have some experiences in life, change so much. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to my very first statement. Um, there was more in the line of politics, but I, it applies for both things. There is only one absolute truth. Mm-hmm. There is only one God. There's only one church. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism. There's only one uh, a, a salvation that all men can come to God through. And when we apply that to... Uh, our social media, our vulnerability, our confession of wrongdoing, all these things, we have to understand that that does not change. And so what happens as we experience new things, as we turn new phases in our life, as we go from singled to married, from married to parents, from parents to grandparents, and from grandparents to maybe widowed or, Mm -hmm. or back to single, and then eventually when death's knocking at the doorstep, through all of those phases in life, we must be conscious. We must be ever revolving around the idea of oneness of God, of His truth, of His knowledge, and uh, that's that's a difficult thing to do because we tend to think that religious things can change, and that's just the normal thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just normal that that religion and faith and congregations and churches just change and evolve over time. Mm-hmm. And we forget that God is one absolute God. His word is 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 finite. It is it is true. As a back it says it's written on tablets of stone. It won't go anywhere. It's not mm-hmm. going away. It's it's permanent. And so and kind of let's just springboard off of the absolute truth about God and social media to absolute truth in politics, mm-hmm. which perhaps may be the most volatile and disheartening and frustrating topic of conversation these days so your first thoughts when we think of a christian and political views well the the one verse that i keep going back to and these very divided probably the most divided that they've been in recent memory um even among even among the church and, and, and again we don't want to pick on the younger generation but as a, as a part of the younger generation, I think I have a pretty good idea of what's going on. But there seems to be this swing um, among our peers uh, in in the church that they they lean a little bit more left uh, 
than what we would consider to be um, correct or, or what would line up with biblical principles. And perhaps that the phrasing of that, the way I said that, is maybe a testament to the problem because it's almost like we, we want to think of um, the Bible aligning with a particular political slant when really we should be, we should be analyzing politics through the Bible. We should be analyzing everything th- through the Bible. Instead of trying to have our, our, um, our religion fit our politics, our politics should be informed by our religion. As to the extent that we need to be engaged in politics and engaged in, in government, obviously Jesus and then subsequently the apostles teaching by his authority said that we should be subject to the governing authorities, uh, that we should respect them, even pray for them. Um, even even if we don't like them. Now, mind you, all, all of the commands to respect authority and to respect government were written at a time when the, the powers that be were hostile um, towards Christianity. Um, and if not hostile, then uh, certainly not accommodating. Um, not the way that we think of our freedoms in this land as, as you know, we can worship as we please. And, and um, as of yet, there's no threat that, that will be, you know, killed or, or hurt in, our, in the pursuit of our, our religion. Um and so we do have a hard and fast, you were speaking about the uh, immutable truth of God. We always have to respect our government so long as obviously it doesn't conflict with God's law. Um, but in a time when political opinions um, are becoming um, almost an idol uh, for, for many people, I, I always go back to what Paul said when he said, I determined to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Um, I think we need to clear away the political clutter um, and just get back to basics because if we try to if we try to legalize conservatism or Christianity or Christian morals um, we're, we're just going to force people to adhere to a pattern that they don't believe in what we need to be busy about doing is making disciples for Jesus because disciples for Jesus are the only type of people who are going to vote and engage with our government and with their society in a loving and responsible way. Okay, so let's combine the two topics at hand. Okay. Social Okay. Social media and politics. And, and I guess the best way the best way and I don't mean to come across as uh, being being smart or anything like that, but if we just ask the question, which is more important to you? Expressing your faith in God or expressing your political opinion for a particular political candidate, mm-hmm. what would you say? And I think naturally for all of us, uh, we'd we'd like to say and we would say, faith, my faith, um, things that God does for His people. And I would say you're exactly right. Now, what does your social media say? This pauses for effect because we want you to think about what your social media says. Um, you know, we're 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 told that Christ's kingdom is not of this world, and, and that there's a whole other kind of um, socio-ethical uh, debate there about you know if if our if Christ's kingdom is not of this world, what does it say about us that we keep trying to make America back into or into a Christian nation? I think that's a whole other fascinating debate that we can go into because. In my personal opinion, from what little I know, and, and if, if anyone has a more informed opinion upon a deeper understanding of the scriptures, I would be more than happy to engage in that conversation. But it seems to me that trying to make a Christian nation on this world is completely um, 
in the opposite of direction of what Jesus was intending. Jesus did not come to this earth because there's some that even that even say that Jesus was advocating some sort type of a, a, a socialism that he wanted to establish some type of a, a, a socialistic um, mindset on the earth. Um, and to that I say, Jesus Christ did not come to this world to set up a to set up an earthly kingdom. He did not come to advocate or to set up a, a particular political or socioeconomic program. He came here to bring people back to God. The, this world is passing away. And so when, we, when we, we become so wrapped up in trying to legislate and legalize a Christian point of view, um, I, would say, I would say I would definitely, because we're also told to, to pray that we might lead peaceable and gentle lives. And so a component of that would be to you know, go to the voting booth and vote in such a way that Christianity and the gospel would have free course and that the laws of the land would not conflict with our faith. I think we do have... We do have that that um, edict from God, but I also think that if we become too intertwined with trying to create a Christian utopia on this earth, then we're basically saying that that we just want heaven on earth instead of saying instead of earth I want heaven. That's what I would say. And again, if the, if anyone has a more informed opinion, I would lo- I would love to talk about this because this is a, this is an issue that that fascinates me. You know, I. Because I don't want to just cop out and say, you know what, I'm not going to be involved in politics at all. Um, I don't want to do that if there is an, an inherent obligation that the scriptures are telling me about that I'm just missing, that I need to be engaged in politics in so much that I'm, sp- that I'm using it to spread Christ or I'm using it to my advantage to spread the gospel. So I don't, I don't want to shirk any obligations that the scriptures might be pointing me to, but I also don't want to... Um, violate the principle of Christ that his kingdom is not of this earth and that to be so heavily involved in the kingdoms and the politics of this world um, that I'm neglecting my my citizenship, citizenship in heaven, it's it's a struggle. Um, so if anyone has any more thoughts on that, definitely let us know, like or comment or, or you know, reach out to us in some way. Do you have anything to add, Jeff? Did I ramble on for too long again? Wow. No, I just, I'm... I'm my mind's trying to catch up with some of the stuff you were saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was wow. Um, but but again, and, and, and maybe on just a little bit more of a domestic level, I I just think there should be, and and I think it's 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 quite obvious through scripture that that we must exercise wisdom in all things, mm-hmm. and and even even when there's a blatant and obvious wrong that has occurred in the name of politics that may or may not be directly associated with particular political party that our obligation is to God himself Mm -hmm. and absolute truth who and God who by the way commands us again to 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 pray for our leaders and if 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 a particular political leader or candidate has made himself an enemy of Christ do you know what Christ says about that he says to pray for those people. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who would despitefully use you. Because there are enemies of the cross in Washington. There's no doubt about that. But we need to pray for those people because that's what we're commanded to do. And I'll tell you what, Jeffrey. I, I, I think the way in which all of us treated um, a particular uh, recent president, not the current one, but the one preceding, the way that we all treated him, I have to say, was not very godly. Yes, 
if he is if he is introducing principles and practices that are against the word of God, speak out against that because we have an obligation to speak out against evil. Um, but to reduce ourselves to uh, name calling uh, and to um, and to kind of the the kind of some of the things that we we said about him um, should not have been said again. If a candidate is is pronouncing himself an enemy of the cross of Jesus by introducing um, things into the social stratosphere that need not be done, then yes, speak out against that. Speak out against that vehemently. Um, but since that man is an enemy of the cross of Christ, that's one of the people that Jesus explicitly commanded us to pray for. Uh, so I need. To th- I think we need to be very, very careful. And again, it, it, it's it's a it's a balance there. To speak out against the evil that's being done in our government, but also to ha- show the proper respect and love that we're commanded to. This is the Press On Podcast, and Josh is dropping hammers today. I'm am sorry. I'm just I'm a little fired up. You know, going to that study um, really just kind of got me um, excited. Um, at, at the moment, um, full confession time. Probably a little overzealous in in how I presented myself. Um, that's why we did one of the more recent episodes about how to you know speak with gentleness, because that's something that I I I need to um, correct myself in and discipline myself in. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of fired up, man. I, I also I also slept in today because I didn't have to go to work until one because I was working a half day, so I'm I'm full of energy. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you that did not take the turn I thought it was going to take. What did you think it was going to do? You know, I just I don't know. I just had I it just I had it played out different in my head. And I, I was just not expecting some of the things <laughs> that you talked about. That was that was, was, was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's uh, you know there was a gospel meeting that had been going on um, in Orlando because you know I, I used to attend the South Bumby Church of Christ before I moved here, and uh, Buddy Payne, who um, I'm not sure, I think he's currently still the the president of Florida College, um, but he was having a gospel meeting there, and uh, one of his lessons was about you know the Christians' obligation to government. And the way I had always heard uh, about that topic is that Christians should be as uh, uninvolved in politics as possible in favor of, you know, serving the kingdom of God. Um, I, either I heard that or that's just what I assumed in my studies. But he, he kind of took a, a different track. He said that, um, you know, he, he went back to Jesus' teaching about render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And so the idea of a Christian having certain obligations to the government and fulfilling those obligations. And, and, he, and he talked about how um, since the American system of government was so unique in the history of the world that our obligations to America are going to be um, just systemically um, different than what the Christians were to Rome. Um, and he talked about how, really, in our founding documents, there is an inherent obligation of every citizen to contribute to his government by voting and by being involved in the political sphere. Uh, sphere, excuse me. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting to to really take it on that track and to and to just because we could we just kind of say, okay, it means we have to pay our taxes and and not break the law. But really, we needed to think about some of the inherent obligations we have because we're we're told not only to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's but to um, render unto each man what is due, um, honor to whom honor, um, fear to whom fear. And so we need to think about when we enter into any type of a social contract, whether it be our government or our marriages, think about some of the obligations that are inherent in those in those kind of, even a friendship, and, and try to live up to those obligations as much as possible in a responsible and God-fearing way.
Kip's just nodding his head. I'm sorry. I, I, I feel like here's here's what I feel like happened. I feel like me and Jeff were on a road trip somewhere, and Jeff had the GPS pulled up. He knew exactly where we were going. And I and I knew where we were going to, but I took a completely different route. Like he was gonna go down like a like an interstate. It was gonna be smooth sailing, and I'm like there's a dirt trail over here that I'm pretty sure leads to our destination. Let's go off road for a little bit. Yeah, Josh said, "Let's go mudding." <laughs> off road. No, I thought that was that was very interesting. Definitely, I mean, and and pretty much based off this this particular uh, sit down studio recording session, uh, we're probably gonna have to have another one. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of interesting things that would probably be worthwhile, to at least just discuss. And again, you know, we're not we're not here claiming to be, especially not perfect, but we're 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 really not experts on this. We're both still what I would I would qualify as young. Yeah. Um, but to we're, most people. But but we're we're just we we care, and that's why we want to talk about some of this stuff. Social media is is the source of of nowadays probably seventy five or eighty percent of of people's first impressions about others. Hmm. It happens on Facebook. It happens on a video that's shared or something that someone else liked that, that just kind of pops up from a friend of a friend on, on your page that you're able to see it. And think about that, the, the how big social media is and, and how much trouble you can get into just by liking the, the wrong thing. I mean, it, it really it, it gives us more of an obligation to be aware of what's out there, to be aware of when we like something or when we comment on something like you know, if 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 we make a post about this great movie we saw over the weekend that we really loved, um, what if that's the kind of movie? Uh, and I'm not saying we're going out and seeing filthy R-rated movies, but even if it's something that another brother, um, who their conscience convicts them that they can't see a movie like that, you know, there's a lot of thorny issues we have to navigate, and there's a lot of discretion we have to exercise whenever we engage on on social media. Yeah. So our final thoughts. Just be, who, who's the master? Your social media or you? And be and be careful. Just view everything and do everything. You know whether you eat or drink. And this isn't in the scripture, obviously, but um, whether you're on social media or, or or in politics or anywhere, you know, do all to the glory of God. What's going to glorify and honor God and spread the the message of Jesus Christ in this scenario? And what's going to prohibit that? Because again, a component of that is standing up, is having the boldness to stand up and to point out things that are evil. I mean, that's every like, every tweet, every share, every repost, every mm-hmm. Snapchat, every everything. Mm-hmm. Is it to your glory or is it to God's glory? Those are our final thoughts, and this is the Press On Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh, signing off. Have a great night.